Say welcome again. I'm going to cut this part because okay. it makes us look like amateurs. And <laughs> welcome, everybody. It is the 50th episode of Free Advice. Let me repeat that. 50th. That's one more than 49th, not one more than 14th. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, we celebrated when we recorded our 15th episode, too, but it was a much smaller celebration, a much smaller affair. Only a few friends, cheese and crackers, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now we got the big five zero. We're both alone at our apartments. We have no fanfare except for you, however you choose to celebrate when you listen to this. <laughs> but just keep in mind as you listen along, this is a very festive episode. Yeah. If you're wearing a hat, just like, you know, know it in your brain and let it tingle. If you're in a car, slam on the horn. Right, right. Flip somebody the bird. If you're sitting at home bored, maybe do a little shimmy. Mm-hmm. Wiggle those shoulders. Wiggle those shoulders. If you have boobs, Check they might posture. wiggle too. Why are you slouching? <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're allowed to slouch a little during lockdown. Hmm. I think when we reemerge, you're gonna want to have that head on a string. Spine like it's being lifted by a helium balloon look. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in that case, then be mindful of your posture. Lift lift up from like the crown of the head, but relax your shoulders and let them just fall naturally sort of down your spine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, imagine yourself being straight, being aligned. <laughs> what? Like sexually straight. Our our gay audience was like, why do I have to imagine them being straight? (laughs) You know what I mean. (laughs) I hear enough of that from the world. Uh, Aligned. Aligned with yourself, whoever you choose to love. Here's a trick. If you ever have to tell someone that you're going to do something in 50 minutes, Mm -hmm. God, is that, especially over a garbled walkie-talkie connection, Mm. that's a really tough thing to say. So instead of choosing the number 50, if that precision doesn't exactly matter, say 51, you know, (laughs) because then there's no confusion of did they just say 15 or 50? They sound very similar. Just Mm. so if you add an extra sound, even 49 would work, I guess. But um, yeah, that's something that I've taken to doing because if someone asks you the time and you're like, oh, it's 3.50, then they'll be like, (laughs) so say, say that it's actually... Uh, 351 and then they'll get oh he didn't say 315 yeah sometimes I find that the syllable the, the chill the syllable that you choose to emphasize can be a differentiating factor like as you just demonstrated like if I was saying 50 I would say 50 or 15 because I'm not saying mm. 15 or 50 you know <laughs> yeah. that was a weird vocal that is, exercise that's a tricky way I know <laughs> I get the point you're trying to make, though. I see. I see what you're saying. Round up because it's more important that the the information is conveyed precisely than that you're one minute off versus 35 minutes off. Oof, my math. Here's one. If you're a child and you want to differentiate yourself from the other children. who are (laughs) Okay, listen up, all the children listening (laughs) to our episode that's going to be about pegging. Honestly... (laughs) 
this is just this is just a little charm segment. This is just for people to go, oh, that's weird. Aww, when I was a kid, with I would, yeah, I haven't said it yet. When I was a child, if someone asked me what time it was, and it was before forty past the hour, I would take the previous hour and tell them that it was that time. So, like, say that it's eight twenty, mm-hmm. I would tell somebody that it's seven eighty, and then they'd be like, what? <laughs> Yeah, that's confusing. Why would you do that? I'd be like, it checks out. <laughs> do the math. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. It's 80 minutes past seven, which is also true. How devious of you. I know. I wow. just wanted to be different. I just wanted to be seen. <laughs> um, I played a uh, more dangerous and ill-advised prank on my mom once, which I never, I Uh-oh. never do anything like this, but like... We were we were sitting at a red light once and we were the first car. And, uh, you know, sometimes if she's not paying attention and the light turns green, I'll be like, it's green. (laughs) So (laughs) one time I just said it was green and it wasn't. (laughs) She was very unhappy with me. (laughs) And I understand in retrospect that that was not a good decision. (laughs) You got to look first, though. I I agree. I agree. Before you just trust a 10 year old. Shame on you, mom. <laughs> well, and like, what you're just gonna start moving forward without looking ahead of you? Uh, that's that's when you look up. I think. Yeah, you that's don't true. Move before looking that's up. True. Maybe she was more mad at herself than she was mad at me. Hmm. That's often, I think, where parental anger stems from. Yeah, that I pool agree. Self anger, and there, here's a little child. Here's a little me. Here's all the things that I dislike about me mm-hmm. getting perpetuated into the world past my death. I'm going to make sure that they carry the anger that I have towards myself. <laughs> you got to build that I right to, in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I used to gasp at my Game Boy um, uh-huh. when, you know, exciting developments would happen in Kirby <laughs> or Rayman. And yeah, uh, my mom really didn't like those gasps while she was driving. She was uh-huh. like, you can't gasp in the car because it's. It makes me think that something deserves my attention outside of the car. Mm, I do think that's a fair point. I caught myself telling somebody that when they were gasping at something in my car. And then (laughs) I I backed down. I was like, actually, this is just something that I've inherited that I would like to get rid of. I can I can be responsible. You can gasp as much as you want. (laughs) I can handle it. (laughs) I can trust my senses that, you know. Yeah, yell stop or look. There's probably some threshold that I have. Right. Like if someone grabs me and goes, "Rob, stop," then I'll, <laughs> and there's no good reason. Then I'll be like, "Hey, you just caused us to swerve, but just yeah. a gasp." Uh, uh, similarly, you know. I hate when uh, songs that are on the radio or whatever, any kind of song has a uh, siren in it or something. Coming. Yeah, because then I'm just Should like looking around like a paranoid idiot. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, 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 sorry. This is just like in here for effect because it's like a cool rap song. <laughs> right. My bad. Right. My bad, guys. <laughs> yep. Fall into no, that trap true. all the time. I forget I'm listening to cool songs. <laughs> I can tell you're being a little tongue in cheek when you call them cool. Like you think it's kind of uncool or that they're trying well, to be cool by doing it. Uh, it was a little bit, but it was a little bit more of a dig on me for being like, you know, oh, ha ha. I'm trying to like you know, relate to the kids that are listening to the rap songs and have all the sirens in them. It, it was, it was a little bit more of tongue in cheek on myself than tongue in cheek on like sh- shame on you for having a t- siren in your song. It doesn't make you sound cool. 
Um, hey, rap is not just for children. It has fully matured <laughs> since 1979, and Jay-Z's in his late 40s now, and he blessed us with 444, looking back on his life, experiences as a father, cheating on his wife. You know, this is a different genre than You're the right. one that we started out with. Yeah. So You're right. I, I don't want you to think like it's immature to listen to rap or that all of rap is a little yachty. It's not all little yachty. <laughs> um, you are more than right, and you are pointing out a uh, a bias that I have against rap. Like so rock isn't just that. for old people, you know? There's young rockers, I'm sure. I can't name them, but they're out there. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it up, guys. Youthful rap Give rockers. <laughs> young rockers and old rappers. That would be, ooh, that would be an interesting variety show. You get the youngest rockers uh, yeah. and the oldest rappers, and you alternate, and you have them judge each other's performances, and it's really just about the music and the feeling. And just like see if they find common ground mm-hmm. on different like life <laughs> scenarios. <laughs> hey, you'll like this. I think uh-huh. I was looking at a rock the other day. Oh, I love and it already. I was like, <laughs> I was on a walk <laughs> looking at a rock. Uh-huh. <laughs> and <I> St- thought, <laughs> what was in your sock? <laughs> My foot. <laughs> and I thought. Um, <laughs> Okay, sorry. Thought, you know what's in my sock? My food. Um, <laughs> food, food. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I thought, man, rock is a type of music. It makes uh-huh. sense. Like it's an element, but we don't have other element. We don't have grass music. Yes, I mean, do. why don't Blue we call grass. reggae grass music? Oh, bluegrass. fuck, there is bluegrass. <laughs> but why? Oh, fuck. <laughs> the rock's not colored. Why is the grass blue? Probably. I, I don't know. I don't know. But then there's not like water music or air music. Those are my thoughts of like, Listen. what if the other Pokemon types? Okay. What? Well, as someone who is about to release an EP where each song like is this. specifically an element. <laughs> are you trying to start genres? I didn't ever interpret it that way. Are you saying that you're the mother of four separate genres? Certainly not, especially when you put it that way. But I am trying I to play with the boundaries. <laughs> I am trying to play with the boundaries of what belongs in in different genres. And um, okay. although I'm although I'm primarily shooting at pop, I am trying to incorporate a variety of influences. Um, and I'm really fucking excited about it. And I do want the mm. elements to be the influences of the song and to sort of determine in a way what is what is the map here what belongs what doesn't because so fire is the first single and to me fire is like this air what is that made of air or different than air it's different than air um to me musically i mean um fire is like raw power and electric guitar and we're also going to have live strings because it's like that little like stoking it like ding ding so you know i'm like rounding up the sounds that to me evoke that emotional space or vibe um i'm just really excited about the prospect of that so just shameless shameless plug for my music that's forthcoming but yeah i like the idea of uh music occupying these different environments and and using different sounds and creating new combinations um I, I think there are a lot of really interesting genre bending i almost said gender bending 
close, but no cigar genre bending kind of musical things where, you know, uh, I, I was listening to this or I was watching this episode of, um, I think it was the voice. And there was this girl on it in the audition rounds that was like an opera singer and a rapper, I think. It was really, it was just, mm-hmm. I mean, it was so unique. It stood out as this just like unprecedented, um, unique combination that was really fucking cool, which reminds me of something else I want to share with you. Um, Please. So I was listening to, again, the uh, Aubrey Marcus's podcast, a different episode though. This one was with uh, a, I, I believe he's like a, a, a dating coach and I think his name is Matthew Hussey. And he was talking okay. about how to improve your uh, online dating record, basically. And he was one of the one of the methods record. for that. You know, um, like how how successful you are, your success rate, not record, success rate. Okay. Um, this isn't tracked anywhere. I was just <laughs> making sure that I wasn't missing out on a new feature that <laughs> showed how many unreturned messages I get. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. You're um, the part of your consciousness that beats you up about it will not let you forget. Um, Glad those metrics aren't out there for the public. Compare me. um, But yeah, so he was saying that one thing that will can make you stand out in this kind of space, and and I think this translates to real life dating as well versus just online, um, but or in person rather. They're both real life. uh, Is to showcase yourself as having a unique pairing of attributes. Um, like for example, being someone who is really, um, smart and in, in some very specific, uh, discipline and then also being really goofy or, you know, just something that, that makes you more human, something that makes you a little bit, um, eclectic and interesting and make someone go, Ooh, wow. What a like rare combination of these things. And I just thought that was such a, mm-hmm. the unique pairing idea is like something that I, I think that we all can understand like, Oh, what's attractive about that? Like, Oh, this person is this unique, this, you know, made so unique and interesting by the, uh, formula of all of their, all of their different attributes coming together in this unique way. Do you know I used to start my okay Cupid profile and no longer have one, but when I did mm-hmm. with uh contradictions are interesting, so here's a list of contradictions about me. Ooh. And that was my self summary. Mm-hmm. And uh and what? And, and it worked. And now it worked. um happily ever after. Here we are. Amazing. <laughs> Five years later, twelve <laughs> kids. <laughs> That's your definition of your you okay Cupid said. profile worked. I have twelve kids. <laughs> I got I got the dozen. I, I got the discount that Steve Martin uh, talked about. Um cheaper by the dozen. Ah, I see, I see, I see. Yeah, I did see that film, I think with my parents in theaters. I didn't. I read the sometimes. book. Oh, I didn't even realize it was a yeah. book. Yeah, it was assigned to me. That it seems like an iffy one to assign to kids, something that glorifies yeah. having tons and tons of kids. Hmm. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> that'd be like, 
a signing a book called like eight pounds of meat about a guy who eats like eight pounds of meat a day because <laughs> like we do have an overpopulation problem why are you glorifying having 12 kids to children some kids you know read that book and it's like the only book they read for school and then the seed gets planted in their mind of like okay this is how i'm gonna have a good life set me apart i'm gonna have 12 kids i think it's tough to find women who want to have 12 kids these days compared to in the past yeah uh, do you set it's out? Do you harder. set out to have twelve kids, or does it just happen? You're like, I want a big family, and then you just keep going, and you don't use birth control. Uh, it it doesn't just happen because there's a lot of if if you're starting to feel like it's too much, you stop at six or seven. You don't just get to twelve. Okay. Okay. You so know? you think that someone's at six or seven, and they're like, we're we have to complete the cheaper by the dozen. Uh, you know. No, I think that people set out to have a really large number. They might not aim at 12. Yeah. You know, they might shoot for 14 and two of them die or something. But I, <laughs> I think that you you, you have that goal in mind of like, this is going to be a really big one. Um, right. Yeah. Or it's like unfortunate power ba- imbalances in the relationship where the man doesn't really reveal this plan. And he just mm. uh, case by case keeps like... Um, pressuring the woman or guilting her, you know, through some religious belief that, yeah, you got to keep having these kids. You can't, can't do anything to stop having the kids. And yeah, I just, I imagine that's a lot of them. I don't think that the most progressive parents that believe the most in gender equality ever have more than like six kids. There, there might be exceptions, but I think on the whole, the more children you see, the more, um, regressive the 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 worst this person these this couple is on woke gender um empowerment so wow what a statement if anyone out there is listening to this and has a large family and wants to tell us that we're wrong and that they're super woke i really invite that i don't disagree with you but it was it was just a big stance to take (laughs) i think that the people who have had who have fathered the most children in history probably had the some of the worst gender politics Mm. um yeah i think there's there's some there's got to be a link here okay do you think that if we were a more uh matriarchally organized society that there would be less people would be having less kids yeah i think that's what happens okay as you look at uh as that shift occurs, um, I think fewer children are the result. Uh, fewer children come with women's empowerment because some of the children are uh, something that women feel that they have to do or they mm-hmm. feel like they don't have other options besides making kids that are viable, mm. give them a sense of purpose or you know something to do. So, I don't think that's why every woman has kids. No, but I'm saying there's some number of women that as a trend in society um it reduces because you you give those people other options and okay so you think it's a product of of women historically not having as much choice having a ton of kids yeah yeah the rates the higher rates Uh of the past also uh expectations about childhood mortality affected a lot right Um, right needing a workforce not having birth control yeah yeah, there's there's several factors, but but those things also lead to women's empowerment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of a 
we're dealing with an Ouroboros here, you know? I don't. I've I've never heard that. Uh, you ever seen adaptation? Nick Cage and Nick Cage. Oh, you know what? I have, but it was a long time ago, and I have like a totally shit memory for movies. So I never remember. Well, the specifics. Ouroboros is a snake that eats its own tail. Oh, it's a okay. Mythological okay. creature. Okay. Right. 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 That cycle of like life and death mm-hmm. and okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm on to you. I'm on to you. I think this has been some great open episode opening banter. Yeah. Wow. 50. So festive. <laughs> thanks for thanks for sticking with it. Thanks for sticking with us for our 50 episodes. Or if you're just joining us, um, you know, go back. Check out the catalog. See what you think. Yeah. If you're inclined. Yeah. Well, so given that this is free advice, should we give out some free advice? Sure. What do you want to uh, advise on? Um, I say we tackle the big kahuna. Let's tackle it. Give All it to right. me. So we have a question from a listener, but buddy. But buddy. But buddy. All right. So thank you, but buddy, for asking us this question for trusting us to give you the free and sage guidance you've come to expect from this, this podcast. Um, are you ready to dive in? Keeping those butts company. (laughs) It's so important. There's so many lonely butts out there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Just cold on a bleacher somewhere without any padding underneath. Yikes. Um, all right. So, but buddy, she writes to us and she asks, I want to peg a male partner of mine who's never played with his own butt before. He enjoys being submissive and wants to take it a little further. I'd like him to play with his butt by himself first before I take control, but I don't know how to approach it. What's a nice way to encourage someone to explore a sexual behavior they haven't done yet? Hmm. Okay. I wonder why. First of all, thank you for the question. Good, Good topic. Uh, let's clarify for our listeners, Morgan. Do you want to define pegging? <laughs> Teeing I? it up for okay. me. Thanks. Um, yeah, I don't know I that can. I have the most comp- comprehensive definition of pegging, but it's essentially when a. Uh, I mean, is it? Well, no. You go ahead, because I actually I'm not sure what genders are built into each side of the pegging equation. Um, if, if I are. think it is when a, a person puts on a uh, strap-on dildo-like attachment and mm-hmm. uses that on another person's butt. Okay, right. I As opposed to anal it, sex, which is a penis owner. Right. That, that is an anatomical penis that is attached and you know all the, the cords are hooked up. Um, right. I think that it doesn't matter. Now, typically, I think it's... Um, my stereotype example is a woman doing this to a man, mm-hmm. but I think you could peg. I think you could just peg you anyone could go with a butthole. Wild with pegging, <laughs> yeah, because everyone has a butthole and everyone has access to. Uh, aside from certain third world countries where we're working on it, everyone has access <laughs> to strap-on dildos. So I'm I sure there are a bunch of charities you could anyone. donate to if you want to support that cause. <laughs> yeah, global butt the, sex, the, the biggest charities. Yeah. Um, so that's pegging. And um, so I'm hearing the question as how do you encourage somebody mm-hmm. to explore this on their own first? Mm-hmm. 
So why do you think uh, that's an important uh, – why can't you explore it with them, I guess right. is my first right. question. Yeah. Yeah, that, that thought occurred to me too um, because I I am often more motivated to try something new with someone who has more experience um, mm-hmm. and, and who I trust. And I think that's the element that's really important coming into this equation for the male partner to trust mm-hmm. you and for you to trust yourself to protect this newness and sensitivity. So um, I can imagine a response mm-hmm. of um, I think that he'd be uncomfortable exploring this stuff all for the first time with me. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's, I think, all that really, this is kind of a, a catch-all for sexual advice. If you have something new that you're curious about, bring up with your partner, but you're not sure if they'll like it. Um, you could just talk about how it excites you. And then you have to find a way to be okay with them not seeing it the same way and then mm. giving it some time before bringing it up again. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you make a case of why, you know, think about, so, so this is my advice is to get into your own fantasy of it. What excites you about this? What would be really hot? What, um, what about you and this person in particular doing this thing mm-hmm. um, excites you? And then if there's someone who is excited by your excitement, they're probably going to uh, want to try something in that realm. It may not be exactly what you want, but they probably want to like channel that excitement that you're showing as you describe these things and then do something that um, allows you to capitalize, like it allows you to feel gratified by that excitement. So mm. that's my, my basic advice is talk to them about your fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think the perspective that I, uh, wanted to offer as a counterpoint to the, like, okay, you know, trust the partner <laughs> counterpoint, counterpoint, um, <laughs> is, is, you know, t- approaching the subject matter with a partner who's excited about who's excited about it and who you can trust is, is a perfectly potentially safe container to do something for the first time. But I also think that I I understand where butt buddy's coming from in terms of wanting to him to explore it on his own first, because it is a lot easier to know how to communicate what you want and just knowing what you want and what feels good if you try it with yourself first where there's no one else there um you know that your mind can feel like it has to shield them from you know any kind of judgment or or anything some some where you can just go okay well i've started to touch my butthole on my own and you know i at least know that like this is the kind of touch that i like initially or maybe when i'm mer- once i'm more turned on i might like a finger to penetrate or I might like using some slightly larger object or having Mm -hmm. a little bit of a sense of the territory before you bring it to someone else can really increase your, your comfort with it and can also 
help you know how to talk about it. And so maybe that's what butt buddy is hoping for her partner is like that he'll have some vocabulary around it, know his limits a little bit and, and be able to answer that question of what you're saying of like, what excites me about it? Well, I know that when I touch my butthole, this is what excites me versus I have no fucking clue because I don't even know what any type of stimulation in that area feels like for me when it feels good, when it doesn't. Um, and it might feel safer to have some of the groundwork kind of lane before, before bringing it to someone else. But I like okay, your idea of approaching you. so this it. This is kind of like a preparatory yeah. homework assignment for right. an experience that Butt Buddy wants to have. Yeah. So how do you assign a sex partner some homework? Right. What's the best way to do that? Yeah. Um, and I think it, I think that you can also start with the conversation as you're saying of like, I think, I think the opening thing is that is that she shares with him what's exciting to her about this idea. And if, uh, you know, she's saying uh, he's he's submissive and wants to go a little further, uh, she can share, OK, here's why I thought that this might be a good next step for us. Um, mm-hmm. Here's what excites me about it. Here's the kinds of dynamics that I would like to explore or have enjoyed exploring in the past and um, maybe maybe she could even offer a few kind of throw a few like sort of compliments in there of like, you, you know, you seem like someone who, um, is really, um, adventurous or open-minded or whatever, whatever traits you honestly perceive about him that makes you think this is the right partner to take this fantasy to, um, you can kind of weave a, a very flattering tale about, why you're choosing him, why you want his help to lean into have you fulfill your excitement about that, the idea. Fan, that fantasy for you. Yeah. And, and why is he the right person to help it. you help you help provide it for you? Right. And Rather he may not, than may not be. Like, this is just something I need to find a person to do. Be like, right. this would be so good yeah. with you because. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't mean to cut you off. He may not. Oh, um, and, and I think that it's, again, it's, it's important to, let yourself be excited by your fantasy, but not hold the expectation so tight that if he says, you know, actually I'm not really comfortable with that right now that you're not going to be totally crushed because that might happen. Um, right. We've talked a lot about this podcast and Rob always offers the, the, um, you know, it's okay to ask if it's okay to pass kind of mentality where Mm -hmm. it's like, think of it as you're sharing this gift with him of like sharing, here's something that's exciting for me. And he can go, hey, that's so cool for you. It's not for me. And you can still feel like excited that you have that thought and and go, okay, you know, I, I wish that weren't the case, but I'll find someone who's a better suited partner for that kind of exploration. Um, yeah, but there's so yeah, many pros uh, of exploring the butt. I, I <laughs> based, based on the wording of this, it sounds like uh, Butt Buddy seems to think that this will be a good thing for mm-hmm. her partner that the partner will like it. So maybe it's just a fear of the, the chance of being rejected. And mm. in which case I'd suggest like, um, maybe play that scenario out in your head, either by writing it down or with a friend of like, okay, what might they say if they turned you down? And then how could you respond to that? Like, if you know what you're going to do in the chance of a rejection, it might not be so scary. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another really interesting, uh, potential thought 
thought line to pursue. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like yeah. having trouble finding like the right words <laughs> or maybe I'm just getting too attached to like some perfect sentence that I'm just never going to actually be able to articulate that I kind of lose myself in it. But the thought experiment that I'm, I'm inviting you to also explore is if let's say pegging is a like, you know, level five version of butt play experience, maybe prepare, Mm. come into that conversation preparing, okay, what's a level one or a level two look like? Maybe I hold him down and I give him a rim job. You know, I don't know what he likes. I don't know. Mm. I don't know what ways mm-hmm. you guys have explored the the dominant versus submissive dynamic between the two of you. Um, but maybe, you know, sort of building on something that you have already explored and you know is kind mm-hmm. of in the green zone for the two of you and adding something that's in the yellow zone, adding something that's, ooh, maybe maybe if it's the right way, maybe with the right conversation, maybe introduced in the right way and kind of, you know, gently knock on that door, not ram your strap on right through it. <laughs> but, um, right, right. you know, if, if you may not feel that comfortable or he may not feel that comfortable exploring his butthole on his own, maybe you can, uh, fulfill your dominant role by showing him, okay, here's something that's an elementary way of kind of approaching butt play or something, you know, something that you did when you were first exploring this, um, what felt good to you, what helped you to know. And I think trusting yourself, like, again, like I, I suspect that some of your anxiety about either not, not wanting to ask him directly to, to play with his own butthole or, or not feeling confident yourself about being his first experience with it is testing you and asking you to dig deep within yourself and find that, um, confident, strong, um, you know, divine masculine, not like perverted toxic masculine kind of, um, (laughs) what? I just like, those are the two options. Well, I mean, there's everything in between, but I mean like, you know, you're not going to butt rape him, but right but if someone wants to lean into their submissive and really be able to surrender, I think it helps to have a partner who is self-assured and, but also like responsive. Um, and I, I, I know that you will be able to be that. And maybe it's just takes someone saying, Hey, I trust you to be that for me. I trust you with my butthole. <laughs> so I'm hearing maybe, uh, they offer that if, he's going to practice on himself mm-hmm. that she'll practice on some type of a, a melon that is fashioned to look like his butt. That she's <laughs> cut a hole in two. <laughs> she'll, she'll brush up on her pegging skills so Maybe. that both of them Maybe. have recently put in some work and then can show off their new moves to each other. That wasn't exactly what I was suggesting, but I love it. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I had something else I wanted to say that I'm forgetting. Ooh, yeah, I know what I would recommend. Um, something that I've heard many people praise, find useful, is um, consulting an independent list made by a third party of like sexual kinks and mm. uh, experimentation. Uh, there's one made by the Pleasure Chest in Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah. I don't know if that's available online. It is. But, it definitely um, is. It's a PDF on their okay. website. I'm almost sure. View a link in our description for this episode. Um, if it's not that one, we'll find something else that's comparable. 
And being able to go over that with a partner, there may be phrases that neither of you have ever seen before that you can um, discuss your opinions on. Some things you will think are probably outrageous, not for either of us, and you can bond over that. Some things you're probably going to say, so what they have on this list is a yes, no, and maybe column. Mm -hmm. So things that you're curious about, uh, you go put in the maybe column, things you really, you get with the yes and the no mean. Um, but there is guaranteed, not guaranteed, there's a high chance that something, <laughs> Can't guarantee something anything will surprise these days. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, did anyone see coronavirus coming? But there's a high <laughs> chance that your partner will, I guess, uh, according to some reports, some top health officials back in January actually did see it coming. But um, there's a high chance that, <laughs> that your partner will surprise you and say that they want to do something that you're like, oh, you? That? Okay, I'll I'll give that a shot. Um, yeah. and that could be fun. So, absolutely, I think that's such a great suggestion. I love that list. I've used it multiple times. Um, mm -hmm. and I actually I do want to, uh, specify what are the different definitions of yes, no, and maybe, because I think okay. it's uh, yeah, because I think it is important and it's worth um. It's worth getting into the specific dynamics, especially because it relates to consent. So I think mm -hmm. that it's important to say that like, um, you know, you're, you're, you're taking your temperature on how you respond to this particular suggestion of a sexual act like right now. So mm -hmm. let's say that pegging is the thing, for example. Um, okay. If pegging. Imagine that's yeah. in each column. <laughs> that's in each column. So um, if pegging is a yes for you, it's uh -huh. like. Ooh, yeah, I'm kind of into this. Like, let's try it. And that's how you feel about it. Um, mm -hmm. Versus like, mm, sure, sure is a maybe. Um, and I think it's important mm. to honor. It's important the way you said sure. Just to, yeah. that tone, right? Right, yeah. right, right. Because I could have said sure. Ooh, very different. Energy, yes. That's a green mm -hmm. light. Like, that's a green light. If the energy to it is mm -hmm. fuck yeah, that's a yes. But if the energy is like eh, kind of wavering, that means, OK, this is something for us to maybe talk about. Like if it's a yes for your partner and it's a maybe for you, then that goes in the kind of, OK, well, let's talk about why this is a yes for you. And maybe that's the conversation about why what's exciting about it. Um, right. But this it's is a not, conversation uh -huh. starter, not a finisher. Exactly. Right. It's not like, okay, I've said yes to this. So when are you going to get on board? Um, right. And if, if you have, if it's a maybe for you, let's have an honest conversation about, you know, what, okay, first of all, it's not a no. So what's the difference there? Why is it something that you're, you're willing to kind of entertain at all? And, and what are your fears and concerns? Not coming from the, from the position of you have to move the needle on this, but right. wanting to understand each other because the end of the, at the end of the day, exploring sexual kinks together is about fun and it's about pleasure and it's about connectedness and intimacy. And if it's going to go against those things to just kind of barrel through it, it's not the right, mm -hmm. it's not the right time. It's maybe not the right person, you know, whatever you want someone who takes seriously your, your responses and really wants to understand you at that deep level and, and wants to help you go a little outside of yeah, your comfort zone. Maybe you want that. Yeah. I don't want to prescribe that. Sure. To some people might not want that at the moment or sure. ever, you know. Sure. 
Um, so yeah, so a maybe is something that maybe you're willing to entertain or maybe like, okay, not today, but let's talk about it tomorrow. It's, it's on the list of things that like you might be willing to do. And a no, I think, uh, go ahead. uh, I think that a maybe is, I'm maybe interested in doing it. Um, Mm -hmm. like it maybe would be a turn on for me Mm -hmm. and then things that are no, I think are just like from my perspective, I don't get any, that idea doesn't excite me at all, but just because it's a no doesn't mean I would never do it. If it was something Mm -hmm. just like keeping my socks on, well, it doesn't really turn me on, but if that (laughs) would excite you, then it doesn't need to be a no anymore. But you know, I'm pretty certain that it's not like in the maybe or yes category for me. Um, that's how I answer it. So I guess it's good to have a conversation about what question are you actually answering of like, would you be willing to try this or does this turn you on are different questions. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that comes with the, or like which dialogue are we having kind of to some extent depends on, okay, if this is a yes for my partner and it's a no, or it's a maybe for me, what does that mean? I think the more interesting conversation is what do you imagine turns you on rather than what are you willing to try? Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I guess I, I would think that that depends on the specific person because someone someone might be right at the starting gate of exploring their sexual kinks and the whole list might be no, 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 maybe no, 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 no. Um, okay. You know, yeah. The I don't question know. needs to be modified then depending on the answers you get, you want to get something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and experience level is a huge determinant of that too. I mean, if, if, if someone had sat me down with this list of sexual kinks, 10 years ago when I was 19, mm-hmm. it would be a completely 19. different story because I've, I've now had so many different experiences of myself and other people. Um, and it's just a world of difference there. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think it is important to be honest and gentle with both yourself and your partner, depending on the experience level. Um, and in this, in the situation of the question that we're, um, answering, I think, you know, because, because, but buddy presumably is the more experienced partner, um, or, you know, in this one realm, at least the more experienced partner, um, that, you know, some of the, some of the responsibility for remembering what might be scary about exploring something new falls on her shoulders. Mm -hmm. And again, why it might be sort of scary for her to be initiating someone into their first experience with something. But if she can get to a place where she trusts herself as that, as that, uh, ideal masculine that both parties are going to feel more comfortable. Yes. Um, and here's a classic one for butt stuff. If someone's insecure about it, there's a chance that it's because they're afraid of poop Mm. and pooping, farting, the bad parts of the butt or the, no, I don't want to call them bad, but the, um, Sometimes the, offensive that they don't belong the, in sexual necessarily. Yeah. Uh, yeah even that, the, um, even that is a little like potentially yucking someone's young. I think we can safely right. say that no one here wants to eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Poop is evolutionarily designed to be gross. And if you like it sexually, you're gross and it's okay to be gross, but you, it's just a gross, <laughs> you know, that's, that's why we gag. It's like, so it's something that evokes disgust for most people. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's the, the whole reason that we have a disgust response in the first place is to stop us from eating poop because otherwise we would be like, oh, the, we could recycle the food. No, you can't. Um, <laughs> no, it's your waste. <laughs> it's yeah, what came yeah, out of your body as this wasn't good enough to mm-hmm. keep going. <laughs> right. Um, you can kind of recycle the drink, and that's why it's not nearly as gross as the food, but you can't recycle the food. Um, <laughs> nice, nice. Good synthesis. Uh, yes. Thank you. Um, so the advice is to try it for the first time in the shower, where if anything happens wrong, you've got a nice stream of water and the soap already there. Mm-hmm. Um, that can, that's just one trick up your sleeve for, Hey, I want to do this butt <laughs> thing, uh, for un- undisclosed reason. Like it sounds nice, but I don't know. Be like, well, I'm about to take a shower. You want to try it in there? Oh, okay. That just might mm. be like, you know, one yeah. trick that gets it, gets the job done. Right. So, so some of what it means, I think, uh, to be a trusted partner is to know what other things might make the situation more comfortable. So yeah, like where are Mm -hmm. you doing it? What tools um, do you have available to you to use for cleanup or beforehand? Um, Yeah. uh, Deferring to deferring to the other person's, I don't know. A brown pegger. (laughs) A brown pegger. So that it doesn't show up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if I may share yeah. some vulnerable information, but I, I think it'll be pertinent. So I don't want to withhold it. Um, I think great. Great. Yeah. So I, as you know, Rob, but our audience may not I know, I recently lost my anal virginity and mm-hmm. um, I didn't know you were going to say that, but I did know that. <laughs> Well, you're not, I mean, like as close as we are, you're not like reading my mind yet. Mm -mm. Um, but so I wouldn't have been ready to have had that experience with a partner. I think if I hadn't, you know, kind of tested the waters a little bit on my own first, but then Mm -hmm. also, but then also, yeah, it's, it's a partnership that is secure enough that I can feel comfortable with that person knowing okay, they might see something that I'm going to think is embarrassing on me. Um, but they are, they have communicated that it's not a problem for them. Um, I trust them to handle it maturely based on their experience. And yeah, creating that safe environment was critical. But for me also having explored somewhat on my own first and and doing some expectation setting, some, um, finding finding what excites me about it like just in terms of physical sensations like what having to do with my butt at all feels good and then Mm -hmm. you kind of build on that because it's it's not something where and I I would liken this to vaginal penetration at least for me and for most vagina owners that I um you know have discussed this with the best sex is not going to be, you know, you're sitting there on the couch totally cold and then someone starts jamming something in your vagina. You mm-hmm. you have to find what's sensual and what turns you on and warms you up first and then you kind of gently introduce these other things as it feels like, "Ooh, that might be interesting." versus Mm. Oh, I'm clenching up because I don't really think I want that to go in there right now. And and that's something that, you know, can be said of of vaginal penetration and anal penetration 
where it's like those things aren't going to feel good unless you're kind of lubed up, ready to go, wanting it a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. So what are the things you can do around pegging that can amp up that sense of anticipation and excitement in a positive way um, versus, oh, I'm just, I'm kind of tight. I'm not really ready for this. I I, I don't know if I like this yet, but I'm going to let it happen because you seem to really want it. And that's, that's definitely something that happens to vagina owners a lot in terms of many sexual acts. And it's not a comfortable place to be. And it's not something that makes that partnership feel especially secure. Um, so I think it's important, it's important to say that and to make sure that you're, you know, lubed up, warmed up, um, for all senses of the word, especially with prostate stimulation, because I think that's the sort of thing that, uh, isn't going to feel good unless you're already turned on. But once you're turned on Mm -hmm. and you want it, oh my God, what an adventure zone. And I don't have that much experience, but it is something that I've heard. So. Thank you for sharing your personal experience. Thank you for thanking me. Yeah. Do you have any uh, experience or, you know, conclusions from personal experience in this arena that you'd like to share? Mm. Uh, lots and lots of lube and go slow, like you said. Yeah. They're pretty much the, the basics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and don't be... Uh, don't be so determined that it has to be the same session that you resolve to do it, mm. that you do it. If that's just not the time, then like, um, don't think that it could never happen. If you give up on it, this one session, you know, you could tease it or approach it over multiple sessions. Um, doesn't need to be like same day that you've discussed it. Okay. Well now that we've chosen to do it and this is the time that we're trying, this is the one shot that we got. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think related to that, um, mm-hmm. I think it, it if you if you position it as like we're gonna have this conversation where we're gonna explore if we want to do it at a at a later date, and then if you both arrive safely and enthusiastically at a yes, I think it really underscores that point and shows your partner like okay, this isn't something this person needs from me or demands from me. This is something that we're both willing to be patient about and take time to do correctly. And, and when you have the, the space to feel that way about it versus that something's being like shoved down your throat, it can create much more of a sense of comfort and relief, um, and security in your partner to feel like, okay, this isn't something that they need to do right now. And they're not going to leave me alone until it happens, but it's something that they're positioning to you and you have some time to like sit with it, think about it, have some space to go, oh, maybe this would turn me on. You need that space in order to really like simmer in what could be exciting about it and decide if it's something that you're into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think we've uh, covered this very well. I think we really nailed it right in the pooper. Yeah. Take that Dan Savage. <laughs> GGG now. <laughs> <laughs> I only just heard that term recently. Can you? Oh yeah. Could you remind me what what it stands for? Oh God, I'm being tested. Um, good game and giving. I think so. Oh okay okay. I I looked it up and I feel like it was different, but I don't I don't remember. So, but it was like the vibe. That's the vibe. It's like giving. Is I'm a gentleman. Game is probably on there, and then good. 
maybe I made up good. <laughs> I have no, I have truthfully no clue, which is why I asked you. Cause I, I, when thing, when I come across something that I don't know, I try if I'm in my most secure kind of place to be like, you know what? I actually don't know what that is. Can you define it for me? Versus being like, Haha, yeah, I totally, I totally know what that is. Um, I like to treat things as a learning I, um, opportunity. Thankfully, because we're apart from each other, I do have my laptop open and uh, I was able to go- Google it. Oh my God, amazing. And, um, it's good giving and game. Good so. giving and game. Okay, amazing. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good and bad is what the good part means. Mm. Willing to give equal time and energy mm-hmm. to their partner's pleasure is the giving part. Mm-hmm. Very feminist. And game for anything within reason. Well, that begs the question of what's reason. Confident, generous, and open-minded might be a non-alliterative way of going, of restating it. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Y'all learned something. We all learned something. Or you knew that, something. and you're just recognizing me being a dummy for not having that. No, no, 100%. No, you uh, had uh, it right. Hand. I was the one who was like, oh, I think that's I wrong. Did. No, you did it. You did it. Uh, you're right. I did have it, but I I wasn't particularly good. At, you know, I wasn't particularly confident in it. Now I'm a little bit more GGG on GGG. Aight, aight, aight. Well, cool, but cool, buddy, cool. thank you again for- Yes, uh, thank you trusting us with this question i think it was a really a meaty one shall we say and i'm really excited to have gone through it and reminded myself of the uh the pleasure chest list because i it makes me want to go back over oh, yeah, that we're posting that in the description yeah yeah Morgan, it's such a great just do one like really fast lightning round just a tiny toot of a question do you yeah. have one you want to do a tiny i'll just toot? do like one sentence i just want a little bit more yeah i don't want to go okay yeah uh, do you want to do the one that we talked about or the other one? Sure. Okay. Or the other one, whatever. Either one. Whatever's the tootier. <laughs> Whatever's the tootier. Okay. Um, this could potentially le- lead us to a longer discussion, but we're going to make I'm it a little too. It. You're not going to let it. Because you want Watch. it to be under an hour and we're really, <laughs> we're there. Hey, hey we're, we're making it worse <laughs> by talking about it. <laughs> All right. This one comes to us from Dude, I'm Trippin'. Reddit user Dude, I'm Trippin'. Oh. Okay. Actually, dude, I'm tripping because there's not two P's, but I'm pretty sure. Oh, single P. Yeah. She wants to sleep with other men. Help. Hello, everyone. So I guess I should start off with some back info. I've never been the most faithful guy with my girlfriend when we met. We were still sorry. I've never been the most faithful guy with my girlfriend. When we met, we were still pretty young and I was a virgin with a capital V. And so was she. Well, I ended up cheating on her a few times. All of the times she said she forgives me. Well, now she's saying that it's not fair that I got to experience other partners and she's stuck with one and how she wants a hall pass. I don't know what to do. Yes, I messed up, but I got everything out of my system and I want to settle down now. But now she wants to sleep with other men. Should I do it? Should I leave her? I love her to death, but she said if I don't, then she'll leave and the thought of that kills me. Mm-hmm. Tough situation. Thank you for asking. Um doesn't sound like you really have a choice you you well i guess your choice is leave her or she does it and see what happens yeah. which might result in you guys breaking up also um i think the the tough thing that goes against my gut on this is your tolerances and your leeway with each other is is independent like you don't need to have a symmetrical relationship 
and my gut is like, oh, because you cheated, she gets as many cheats as you do. And it's possible that she was able to tolerate and forgive that, and you're incapable of forgiving that kind of thing or incapable of tolerating it, and you may have to experience it to find that out. Hmm. Um, yeah, I have a couple of reactions. Um, so I definitely see both perspectives. Um, I think that it makes sense that maybe she – from her perspective, possibly it's hard for her to wholeheartedly commit to you knowing that there's this asymmetry or inequity. Um, and you know, maybe she hasn't really a hundred percent forgiven you. That's sort of what it seems to allude to, to me, where if this were totally a wash for her and she was honest with herself about forgiving you, um, she, she probably would be taking who you are now and what the relationship is now, uh, you know, a hundred percent accepting of that and, and being in it and good to go and not feel like there's any residual, uh, tension or unevenness. Um, so it's, it's, I think from that perspective, I think it's understandable that she would want to have an experience outside of your relationship. And it's up to you to decide, is that at, at this point, something that you're, you're comfortable discussing, um, cause I think it, it should be a conversation and not like, okay, well, since we had to do this, then, you know, go out and fuck whoever, cause that, that's going to breed an adversarial relationship between the two of you versus we're on the same team. How do we settle? How do we, how do we come to a solution that's best for everybody? Um, mm-hmm. but I, I, what, what's giving me a little bit of pause and it's possible that this is just the way that you've interpreted it and worded it and not coming from her, but there's a couple of uh, words in here specifically that trouble me a little bit. Um, Okay. What are those? She's now saying that it's not fair that I got to experience other partners and she's stuck with one. So that's Mm -hmm. her use of the word stuck is a little alarming. Um, And then the other thing is uh, I love her to death, but she said, if I don't, then she'll leave. Uh, yeah, so it's it's possible. I I have no I'm not in your relationship. I have absolutely no idea. But it is possible that she is trying to create a reason or an excuse or a justification to distance herself from you or to get out of the relationship or to present a scenario that she knows you're not comfortable with. And then she can put it on you. I have no clue, Mm -hmm. but I feel it's my duty to share that possible interpretation. Um, and so I think that it's really important for you guys to have an honest conversation. What is she really saying? Is she really saying that she also loves you to death, but feels that there's this inequity that's lingering or is she not being honest with you or herself about her commitment to this relationship? That's that's my best advice. I want to recommend you guys look up some uh, books on open relationships, like mm-hmm. opening up or stepping mm-hmm. off the relationship escalator. Because mm-hmm. um, it's possible that you haven't had that option validated, but both of you, it seems like at different times, have wanted to sleep with other people, but still feel um a sense of loyalty or desire for the other and um mm-hmm. m- you're saying that you're ready to settle down and you got that out of your system 
I have some skepticism of, about <laughs> th- th- that will yeah. certainly last. I mean, that yeah. may be very true right now, but then your situation may change and that might not be a forever feeling. And if that comes back around again, you may just discover that uh, you would like um, to experience those things with other people too. Yeah. So that's my yeah big advice is check that out. See if that could work for you, some version of that. Yeah, because I think that like one of the pitfalls, the big pitfalls of uh, monogamy is the only way is that, you know, it it forces it it sets up this uh, false uh, dichotomy, I guess, between these two things that aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. Like I have to give up this person who I love because I have this. sexual desire that I'm wrestling with the the, right. the the philosophy behind polyamory or ethical non-monogamy is that you don't have to wage that war you don't have to choose one side you can open up a loving conversation between the two of you about okay I'm having these feelings that are coming up and they in a traditional monogamous relationship they conflict with my feelings towards you but in reality I don't think those things conflict or invalidate one another at all. I think it's both and. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, if you're both committed to staying in the relationship and building it and growing together, how do we resolve this problem? Same as you might approach, neither of us wants to do the dishes. How do we, how do we uh, deal with splitting that responsibility or or creating Mm -hmm. a a win-win solution for both of us where we both get to feel like our needs are met. We're being taken care of. We're getting to do the fun stuff. We're, we're, we're dealing with some of what's challenging about the prospect of, you know, sleeping with other people, whatever. Um, but we're, we're, again, we're dealing with it together. It's, you don't, you don't want to create a situation that's so rigid. I think that she just goes out and fucks whoever, because she's sick of it, um, and feels stuck. You don't want her to feel stuck in your relationship. Um, I think Mm -hmm. ideally both partners feel, as you said to me once, Rob, the right balance between freedom and security. Mm-hmm. So find your balance together. Yeah. Um, and it, it works a lot better if you know what you want. And that is a very hard thing to know until you've experienced it. So mm. there may be some trial and error or inevitable pain in this. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, might not know your boundary until it's, it's crossed. Yeah. I think it's important to point out that with all things in life, including if not especially relationships, there is tremendous possible pleasure and tremendous possible pain. And mm-hmm. so it's it's a willingness to accept that they they can often come together. And I think that points to why it's so great to have a partner in this world because you can you can divide the pain and divide the suffering and, and celebrate together and multiply the pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wish you <laughs> the best with, with this difficult yes. situation. Thank you. Um, yeah. I think that brings us to the end of our episode number 50 extravaganza. Right? Five. Oh baby. Yeah. I hope wow. you guys enjoyed it. Halfway to a hundred. Wow. Mm-hmm. We've lived half of our theoretical human lifespan as a podcast. 
Which gets to 100, you think? Which gets to 100, yeah. You're expecting 100? I'm expecting 100. For us, not necessarily for me in my lifetime, living 100 years. For us? What do you mean? For you and I to make it to episode 100. Free advice. Oh, yeah, we're going, we're blowing past 100 on the way to 10,000. <laughs> Look out, 10K. <sighs> and we Thank would you love guys to, for yeah, listening. Love to have you guys Tell with them. us for that ride. Mm-hmm. And how can they ensure that we get all the way to 10,000? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I guess, you're right. I guess they can't ensure it, but you can increase the odds. You can make it more likely by emailing us your dilemmas, questions. Yeah. Conversation starters, would you rathers? We accept would you rathers um, at freeadvicepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm. Don't let the bed bugs bite.